back in the middle of the box. Toronto player had another chance to to put it in and uh, Rio uh, <laughs> Lopez had a great deflection. Bay Area, stand up and let's be heard. This summit has been created by the people for the people. No more this is everything and anything San Jose Earthquake related. This is Aftershock. Vamos San Jose. Welcome back to the Aftershock. We have good news and bad news. Good news is Jacob's back. What's up, Jacob? What's up? The bad news is we just recorded for like 20 minutes and I did not hit record on my com on uh, the GoPro. So we are starting again. All good. The first bit of news is uh, congrats to the Montero family. Jamiro, his partner, gave birth the other day, so that's why he wasn't able to travel. I hope he's able to come back for the Wednesday game, but he wasn't able here, but congrats to the Montero family. And then we have Calvo and Chofis. We talked about it last week, but they have officially moved on. The club has given their official goodbyes to them. Thank you, boys. You gave a great time here. I know Calvo was a little bit hated. I personally liked him. Chofis, obviously, he grew and became a fan favorite. Uh, yeah, it was really great to see them, but uh, Jacob, you have anything to say? Uh, they were great players. Um, I think it's a shame that we couldn't keep trophies, but it's okay. I think we'll uh, get some players in there like Montero who can uh, fill the gap. And then we've seen the league as a whole really have a great swing of players coming in and out. Trades between Miami, Nashville, DC, all these players coming in. Chiellini, Bale coming in, Insigne coming in. Quakes haven't made anything. Leave a comment down below for all the people watching. Is there anyone you want to sign or do you think we should wait to the summer? What should we do? MLS vet, European player, who do you think we should get if anyone? Jacob, do you think there's anything we should be doing? Uh, I'm not too familiar with the transfer targets right now, but um, I think that we definitely need to look for a midfielder more on the attacking side and see if we can uh, bring in some competition and depth to, the, uh, to, uh, to that role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that definitely is a good point. And then I think maybe just a veteran, MLS veteran at center back, just someone that's in the locker room that can help us when we're falling asleep late in matches, really push the team forward and maybe help develop Beeson and Agron. If you want to know about more game-specific highlights, though, you can check out The Aftershock on Instagram, TikTok, or this YouTube channel. But now, let's go on to... The negatives. My first negative is losing to a Bob Bradley team tactically at any point in the game is so embarrassing. I think we got the tactics wrong as far as I didn't have a problem with having Hudson in, but when they also have a six or a defensive mid in in Michael Bradley and say whatever you want about him, he is their playmaker though. And we just left him wide open on the ball. We let him dribble. We let him create plays and he was creating all their dangerous chances. We should have just either had someone man marking him or pressing him down quickly so he didn't have decisions to make. The tactics in the first 10 minutes were clear that we wanted them to have the ball and uh, that's fine to drop a little bit defensively, but they completely allowed Bradley to dictate the game. And uh, at some point, you know, the pressure would build up too much. And, you know, luckily we got a goal to kind of shock them a little bit, reverse the tide. But, you know, if that continued, I mean, if that dynamic continued, we would have, we would have struggled. Completely agree. And uh, Jacob and I were texting in the game. Jacob said something really funny. It was about nine minutes in and Jacob's like, I think we've touched the ball all of 30 seconds. And he was completely right. I think around 12 minutes in, we broke into their half for the first time and they changed from a high pressing team, which by the way, to that point, I couldn't believe they were bottom. It, it was it was absolutely insane. They would look so good. But around 12 minutes in, once we broke into their half, they started to play that low block defense. And then we got a little lucky on that interception. Yudson uh, won a really good ball. Benji finds a good pass. Jabo takes a great touch and shot. We're able to change the tides there. But then that goes into my next point, falling asleep again. 
They ended the half great. We got lucky they didn't score. But then to have a one goal lead and have a lot of the momentum. And then this is the biggest like harp of it all. Espinosa gets a 1v1. He then takes it wide and then he gives a sloppy pass away. And then off a sloppy pass, they counter and immediately score. That's such a bad way to concede an equalizer or just concede in general. Especially around 60, 70 minutes when we had a lot of momentum. We had subs coming in. We changed the formation a bit. We looked good defensively, at least for that little segment. And just not to be able to put it away. And then four minutes later, concede again. It's just terrible. I mean, the defense is definitely what's been... Uh letting us down uh, results wise in the last you know few uh, seasons and uh, you look yeah, there's no way around how many goals we've conceded I think it's up to what 38 or so um, and you know you just have to try and keep it to a goal a game and yeah, they're far from that so my next one is and I, I've been, I was advocating for him to start and I think he played a great game is on Benji Kikanovic. I think he just, his left foot, even the commentators are saying it, needs to work on the left foot a bit more. I like Benji because he goes direct and he's going right at people, but when he can't and he has to cross it, that left foot needs a bit of work. There wasn't as much accuracy or much pace on it when he would cross, so it needs to be a little bit more dynamic and deadly. Um, he had a few good moments, but uh, yeah, right there. Just see if he can get a little bit more involved in the game as well. And then my next one's finding Gregush more. Again, I don't think he's a game changer like Montero or Jabo, or he's not super creative like Chofis was, but he's in good positions a lot of time. But the problem is he has not pressure on him, but kind of close to him. And I feel like we're just too afraid to give him or any of the midfielders ball and then drive forward with it and attack through the middle. That's why I like Montero, because he really attacks through the middle. But yeah, I think we just need to be a little bit less passive and just go for the middle ball, find him if he's open, and try and be more aggressive going through the middle. Yeah, exactly. A few times we were way too passive, just content with playing around the whole back line. And uh, sometimes you need to look for the pass right into the middle and see if somebody can turn or play a little bit more quickly to change the direction. It's easy to just shift side to side as long as you're diligent. Um, but if you can find a breakthrough through the middle, it, it totally shifts the dynamic of the defense. And then we saw not having Montero today, how it really, I mean, him pressing Michael Bradley, I feel like that would have really changed the game for us. His, how much he covers on defense, I feel like that would have really helped with Espinosa and Benji not having to come as far back. And then just creativity, we obviously missed him. I hope he's back for the Wednesday game. Obviously, he has way more important things in soccer to take care of right now. But as far as soccer, I really would like to see him back in the squad Wednesday. Now... On to the positives. First one, we got to start with it. He got man of the match. I, I think that's a little much, but Jack Skane. And it's Skane, not Skahan, Ska, blah, 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 blah. Skane, because he brings the pain, and on the ball, he's real tame. Jack Skane, it's good to see him gain minutes. Last year, we saw he looked a little bit behind the pace, but he's really developed. You can see he's putting that work. And then I was watching some of his UNC highlights when he was back at college. The man was a goal scorer. He got up, and then we've even seen in the Open Cup in preseason, he's got a rocket, and then he got his opportunity today, and he scored and put away a beautiful goal. Uh, he was fortunate to have the ball bounce to him right at the top of the, right in, uh, at the top of the six, I believe. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's a difficult finish. You have to make sure it's on target. Keeping your head in the last, you know, couple minutes, you know that's a chance that you have to bury to tie the game, and you know it's a great finish. Um, hopefully it's one of those moments that's a confidence booster and he can continue. Yeah, I think uh, it'd be really cool to see him get some more minutes. I think he's earned it. I mean, it'd be cool just to see develop some more of our players. My next one goes to Paul Marie. I was on him early in the season for being inconsistent. He's become more consistent. Then my next complaint was he's good for about 20 minutes and then around 60 he gasses out. I think it was about four or five games ago everyone was saying he was man of the match. I thought that was a little bit much, but 
I think he's really improved where he can play a full 90 and it's really consistent. Yes, he gets beat and yes, he has a lot of prove on, but he's improved a ton and he's really consistent and he's really coming to that right back role, which is a role in the offseason. Everybody was saying, we need a right back, we need a right back, we need a right back. So I want to give Paul Marie credit. He's really come to life in this new fullback position. Him and Rios overall, I thought they played well. Um, they were probably our only outlets for a while because we were so hesitant to play through the middle. And uh, I think they played well. You said Rios. Did you mean uh, Espinosa? Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, Lopez. Yeah, Lopez. <laughs> I know you. I know you miss Firo and Rios. I know you miss them. Oh my gosh! I just have those two ingrained into my head. <laughs> Don't worry, Jacob is making great points on the original recording. I just uh, I forgot to hit record. Uh, yeah, Rios. Rios. Yeah. <laughs> my next one's Espinosa. Now, I still think he's a little one-dimensional at times, but this game, he was a lot better, and I still want more from him, especially because he's a DP. But I feel like for a solid 30 minutes, he was our only outlet, and he's really good at going 1v1, and unfortunately, it led to a goal in the previous play where we talked about that. But I really think it's been more of an improvement, and I'm seeing more from him. And then his work rate defensively, it looked like the Espinosa of old. So I got to give him credit because I've been harping on him the last couple of weeks. Jacob, is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, you know, especially in the first half, um, particularly the uh, first like 20 minutes or so, he was our only outlet. Um, and he was able to bring the ball down, settle it, maybe go at somebody a little bit more than anybody else on our team. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't look to beat the defender as much. Uh, he just his first inclination was to cross it every time. And, you know, that's good. But sometimes you got to switch it up and drive at someone. Um, but, you know, he, he was definitely, you know, the biggest outlet we had in the first half. And so uh, I think that was the positive. My next one is Benji Kikanovic. I've been advocating he should be starting. I'm glad he started. I was fine when he got subbed for Cape Cal. I like the dynamic change. But I like how he goes direct. I think he's a presence. The find was phenomenal. He's fast. He's strong. He works hard. I think Benji should still start. I think he's earned a starting spot. I want, I'm expecting them to start Cade Cal on Wednesday over him. But I personally think that Benji should continue to start. And if he, I don't, maybe Cade stays on the bench. Maybe you put him in for Espinosa. But I think absolutely. I think actually Espinosa had a good game too. But I think Benji has earned a starting spot. Yeah, I fully agree with that. My next one's with Yudson. I think offensively, this was a better game from him. He was able to push the ball forward and then defensively really helps the defense, obviously. And then he pushes the ball. He's that extra man. He's that second defender. He gets the late runs. He presses really hard. My only complaint with it and the reason I prefer Romady is because when Romady gets the ball, he drives forward and it also allows Yule, Grey Goose, or Montero, or Trophies at the time, to get forward and move forward. Yudson, I feel like he was only about 6 to 12 yards off the back line and he was able to move it side to side a little bit, but he didn't really push it as forward as much. Now, yes, he did win the interception that led to the Benji assist, but I'd like to see Romady still personally, but I have to give Yudson props. I think offensively, this was a much better game from him. Yudson was probably the only one in the first half who was able to, you know, distribute a little bit better through the midfield. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that was critical to, you know, giving us some time on the ball, settling down and, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see that to come. Yeah, and obviously Romady earned us a little bit more fouls, but just like you said, he was really the only one distributing it through the midfield at first, and I think that really helped. My next point is Jabo. Congrats on getting double-digit goals. He's on track uh, to have the most goals for an Earthquakes player since 2012 Wando, which I think just speaks volumes about the squad the last few, about a decade now. Oh, wow, that is a decade. I think he should be getting calls up from Burlhalter at least for a camp, or at least talking about it maybe. He hasn't heard anything. 
but without a doubt needs to be an all-star. I don't care for the bottom. He's a golden boot leader on one of the lowest ranked teams. That's pretty impressive. He's been one of our bright spots. Yes, he missed a few, but he's at least scoring it once every few games. So that's his job. He's doing it. Uh, um, the goal that he scored last night was also, you know, not as easy as it looked. He took a great first touch. Um, took it away from the defender and then slotted it perfectly. You know, that's exactly what you want from your striker. Composure in those moments and, you know, he did it perfectly. My last positive is Cade Callum, the 66th minute. Now, he did the little 1v1 dance and I 100% think he should have shot in that scenario every time he got a shoot there. But, I think Cade Cal, like Espinosa, can be really one-dimensional. Cade Cal has like three things he really likes to do and he has trouble doing two of them at the same time. This time, the reason I liked it, even though I think it was the wrong decision, is it looks like he's trying to process the game and realizing he has time on the ball and trying to look for options, which I like, versus just going headstrong into it. So while it was the wrong decision, I like the overall idea if it continues to lead to growth as a player. He's getting in good spots. You know, he's getting great chances. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't capitalize, but like you said, I think he also just has to take the shot there. Um, but like you said, you know, he's, he's shown improvement and hopefully it continues. Now for the unsung moment of the game. My unsung moment of the game has to go to Paul Marie's cross. I think it was around the 66 minutes, 60, or not 66, somewhere in there. It comes off a corner and then he whips it into Nothan. It's a beautiful ball, perfectly placed ball. Nothan hits it just wide. The reason I do this is because it's showing development from Paul Marie. As I've said, he usually only shows offensive ability for the first 20 minutes. So it's showing that he's getting up. He's still really working hard and to put in a great ball that late into the match for him, it was just really great to see. So for me, it goes to Paul Marie. Uh, I think my unsung moment was probably when uh, one of the Toronto players had a one-on-one uh, -on -one with uh, JT. Uh, I think it was the second half, maybe it was the first half. Um, anyways, it took a shot, JT, great save. Unfortunately, it bounced right back into the middle of the box. Toronto player had another chance to, to put it in and uh, re <laughs> Lopez had a great deflection wide. And uh, just that last uh, ditch defending, it was exciting to watch, but it was critical, it was crucial. Oh, I'm so glad we re-recorded this so we can just get the Rios clip. Tired of Rios. <laughs> um, yeah. There were so many unsung moments that were great, but yeah, I think those are some good ones. Uh, now, moving on to the unsung player or hero of the match. Mine has to go to Tanner Beeson. I think there were so many. Jack Skane, obviously, with the goal. Benji played great. Yudsen had a better game. JT had humongous saves. The list goes on and on, but for me, it's Tanner Beeson because... I feel like Nothan got more of the credit because he makes the runs forward and the back line had a little bit more highlights. He looked more sturdy today. He didn't look like he was really sagging off and keeping people on sides. He looked like he was controlling the line. He had a few good tackles. Yes, there were a few times he could have stepped more, but this looked like the Tanner Beeson when Oswaldo Alanis was here that looked more confident, looked more aggressive, and just looked like he wasn't getting by. So it looks like a progression from Tanner Beeson as he's more comfortable with his new teammates in this new system. Yeah, I, I think he played well. Um, my unsung player of the game would probably be uh... Uh, Lopez because he although he got caught, caught out a couple times on the break I know that's bound to happen if you're a fullback he was instrumental in us getting forward um, on the ball I thought he had some great moments where he was able to break through the middle a little bit and then find a good pass um, also he had a couple of good defensive plays like that unsown uh, moment I just talked about a great deflection 
I thought uh, Beeson and uh, Lopez on that left-hand side of our defense were both solid, more or less, and uh, thought they played well. Are you sure it wasn't uh, your unsung hero of the match wasn't Rios? I wish it was. What if he uh, comes back to the Quakes? You know, I think uh, he'd probably just go right in ahead of J-Lo. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, let's move on to fan questions. The first one comes from It's a Football Life for Me, asking, can we sign the Airbender released? I, I honestly don't even know what he's asking there. I don't, I don't know if there's like a player who has that nickname. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd be content with signing the real airbender. We need everything we can get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think if he paid John Fisher 10 million, he would think about it. But anyway, so the first real question, Ivan Lara asked, fun one, would Bale fit into the Quakes positively or negatively? Now, Jacob and I already had like a heated discussion about this, but we'll try and recap it quickly. <laughs> I thought it would be more negative, be just and hear me out. I think if it was a one season thing and we were to look at it, it'd be positive. However, and yes, he's so great. The reason I say it's negative is I just don't think him alone is going to carry us to the promised land of qualifying for playoffs. And it, I hate that I just said promised land is just qualifying for playoffs, but that's realistically where we're at. I just, I think he's here to get fit and oh boy, would he get fit having to run for us and make up some ground, but I don't think we'd be giving him as much service. I think he'd help a lot, but the reason I say it's negative is he's bouncing after this season and after he gets fit for the World Cup. So I think he's then taking a spot away from Jabo. He's then taking a spot away from Benji, Cade, uh, Nico, someone young that really can improve and take a year of games. So in the long run, I think it'd be negative. Yes, it'd be positive. And I think he'd fit great in San Jose. I know Skane and some of the other boys really love golfing. There's great golf courses around here. But I think overall, I... I would love to have him, don't get me wrong. I would love to have him, please come. But I'm also not hurt by it just because I'm fine with the development of other players. Yeah, I mean, look, I fully understand your points. However, you cannot understate the value uh, Gareth Bale would bring to the field. He is so far ahead of everybody in our lineup, it's not even funny. I think he would be the difference maker in so many games. Uh, he would also be a role model for many of the uh, younger players to learn from, especially players like Kate Cowell. You know, how do you make the right decisions in certain moments? How do you improve technically? Um, I think that's something that we could really use, you know, now that we don't have players like Wando anymore in, this, in, the, in the players uh, squad. You know, obviously he's a coach, but I, I think a player like Bale, you know, his value cannot be understated. and. Uh, I think we would take him if we could, but you know, unfortunately that's not on the cards. That's actually a great point you make about teaching the players. My only concern with it is if we look at the Shakiri situation in Chicago, who are the worst team in the league, East and West, is Shakiri and like Bale, much like Shakiri, can't play a lot of games in a row without getting injured. And when they get the ball, clearly the best player on the field by a mile. I'll just go back to the Chicago game. Shakiri was so creative. He was dancing around, he was doing all of this and that. But when you don't have the quality as much to give when you're at a Liverpool or a Barcelona or a Tottenham or this or that, you're not as effective. Yes, I think it'd be a game changer, but that'd just be my last point on that. All right. Ive Velasquez then asked, will we sign anyone in this transfer window or will we stay put? I, I don't want to say no immediately because I think Chris Leach has done a fantastic job and I think they're looking at something. The reason I'm going to say no is because we're also still looking for that head coach and that's going to be a longer process so I don't think we're going to bring anyone in that we that 
maybe Cavello thinks we might need just to have him for a season. And then our head coach is like, yeah, this guy was useless. I could also see it. Like, I, I think we need a bit more defensive support and depth. Uh, maybe someone to replace Chofis. I know that was Montero, but maybe on the bench. Maybe you could move Skane or Yule. I, 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 again, I was saying it earlier. I think when we got the tactics wrong, this is something I said in the first recording that I didn't say now. I think a uh, way we could have improved the tactics is maybe move uh, Yule attacking mid. I think he's better there. Have Grey Goosh uh, and uh, Yudsen at center mid. Yudsen plays a bit more defensive. Grey Goosh in the center. If we don't get too spread out, it helps. And then that's where I think Montero would have helped uh, marking Bradley. I don't remember if I said that in this recording or the last one, but I'll just add that now. Anyways, on to the question. It Yeah, I, I could maybe see if we get, again, if we get an MLS vet, I think that would really help. But I just don't see it happening right now. The only reason that we would probably sign somebody is, you know, for a bit of, you know, an injury. I, I, I hope not. Um, but that's probably the only way I would see something happening. I, I fully agree with you. The head coach is, you know, the more important decision and it needs to happen probably first before you uh, look to make other signings that, you know, that head coach sees fit. I think in the off season, we need to have a big sit down and just an honest talk with that head coach and be like, who's staying, who's going. But then that leads to our final question from Michael B. Pastor asking, am I too hard on Cade Cal for no left foot? Always cuts right. Um, no, no, I think that's, that's perfect. Yeah, I think. He needs to work on that left foot. And then we talked about earlier about him needing to make better decisions. But yeah, Jacob, do you have anything on that? Yeah, especially when you're playing on the left wing, there's gonna be times where you cannot cut back onto your right foot. You know, if you're in the box, you're gonna have a lot of chances where you're just gonna have to take it with your left foot. You cannot cut inside every time. It makes you easy to mark as well. It makes you easier to defend. Um, and so he needs to develop that somehow. Um, maybe just it's more of a confidence thing. Maybe he's like, okay, I finally have a chance. I need to just make sure and get it onto my right foot because that's where I'm comfortable. But no, you can't do that. You know, at the professional level, all these players are so quick. If you cut it back onto your right foot, you're gonna, your, your window is shoot close. Especially if he's gonna want those national team call-ups or that European call-up. It's just, it's becoming higher and higher quality, especially at that winger position. So that's gonna need to develop.